0: Aka powders, welcome to day six of the thirty-one days of dread. It's midnight, and we're dropping the movie called Midnight, nineteen eighty-two. John Russo, let's talk about it. And we're here. We're back. Welcome back, to my AKA powders, Peter Aydel, Get your AKA pad six nine. And this is the Film Buffs Podcast annual event, 31 Days of Dread, day 6. That's one horror movie a day, you guessed it, for the entire month of October, 1982. The beginning of the 80s, the beginning of what a lot of people call the last great decade of the American movie. We have the high and the low. Hollywood, hymen and hauling, doing amazing things. And then, the bottom, the trenches, We get awesome movies, we get masterpieces, we get masterpieces on this level. Now, we're dealing with the occult, we're dealing with kidnapped kids, we're dealing with very creepy, corrupt police officers, satanic rituals, beheadings, weird deaths, unbelievable deaths, but... All of this leads into my big sticking point about this movie I just want to get this off my chest real quick and then we're going to discuss John Russo the guy who made this movie for here we go two hundred thousand dollars now you might say Pete I I just saw uh, a headline where the Little Mermaid cost three hundred and up million dollars three hundred million dollars and you're complaining about a budget of $200,000. Yes. Now, given that figure is taken from Wikipedia, aka Powder's, I always fess up when it comes to what I pull off of Wikipedia. I just feel like it's fair. And I feel like you people should know because you have know, something you want to fact check real quick. We all have Wikipedia on our thumbs, ready to go on our phone. Why is it bothering me? Because this movie is cinematic for sure by cinematic i mean what we see in front of our eyes what is in the frame a lot of times looks good it just looks smart it looks like they thought about it they designed some shots it was with intent it's refreshing when you see low budget movies true low budget true independent movies like the 1982 midnight do that but when I think about in today's terms, if someone told me, hey, we made a movie for $200,000, and you know, you see something like this, you'd just be like, you know what, like, it, that looks like it's <sighs> money not well spent. I think you guys wasted money. Where did the money go? Because it just doesn't look like it's in front of me. And then we go back to 1982. We play the inflation game. And now the budget for this movie becomes bigger. And now we're more disappointed. Because I don't think this movie, even in 1982's terms, display a a $200,000 budget. I don't know anything about the production of this movie. I would be very curious. So with that being said, I watched this movie for free on YouTube. I will link link in the description if you guys want to catch this movie but my big enjoyment for this movie is when I realized that we're seeing a story we're being told the story we're spending a lot of burn time on character and development and situation and this movie essentially is a runaway story We have a song, we have a runaway song that's played at least three times throughout this movie. That's, you can see, you can hear was made for this movie. The movie begins with a a girl trapped in in a bear trap and there's a uh, weird creepy family that kind of beats her, knocks her out, drags her off to to finish the job. Which is good, Gray opening, sets the tone, gives us a death out of the way, now we can get on to character development. Lawrence Timely he's he's in this and this this was here we go here guys let me just make sure we're talking about Lawrence Timely so Lawrence Timely is the the gang leader the heist master Chris Penn's father in Reservoir Dogs he's in this movie he plays a cop that drives his daughter off. Because he cannot keep his hands off of her. The girl becomes a hitchhiker. She runs into a van full of men. that Someone seem to be on a progressive romp together. And she's interfering with that. Because again they pick up the hitchhiker. They got to take her somewhere. And then they end up in the town. The town has missing people. You guys know where all this is going. But where the enjoyment is. It's a lot of what we spoke about with uh, the last movie. Uh, After Midnight for Day 4. Or, I'm sorry, Day 5 of the 31 Days of Dread. It's that... And and I, I apologize. Maybe throughout the episode I was referring to uh, this movie as Day 5 of the 31 Days of Dread. But it is Day 6. Uh, I may have to re-record that intro. But like through the course of this movie we're introduced with new characters and new exposition and, and new situations and more sets setups and more deaths a lot of uh, and we spoke about this a little bit with with after midnight is it the actor is it the director i've seen enough of these movies to really believe that the directors let these actors get away with what they get away with, and some of it could be time constraints and, and what we're doing on set, if they have time to, rehear- to rehearse, and if the actors are skilled enough and experienced en- enough not to need rehearsals and to kind of uh, know their craft enough to to dig and create the character so the character exists before the cameras start rolling. This is a tough thing to dissect, it's a t- tough thing to hone. but. What I was doing during this movie is when these actors go on about this town has missing people uh, there's 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 a scene where they they see a, a black pasture and his daughter and the scene kind of like plays off to her you don't know if they're playing it for laughs or if they're playing it for real it, you can say that the tone is off but if you listen to the pasture he says everything with confidence he says it clear the camera moves into the conversation and out of the conversation meaning close to wide enough to where we're meant this to be serious but we all know how to take it we all know how to receive this information are we supposed to be laughing at it is he being bombastic is being over the top Is it being hyperbolic? And you get that throughout the rest of the movie. Because John Russo is clearly an experienced writer, storyteller. He has a long list. He's written everything. Media, comic books, movies. He's the guy behind Night of the Living Dead. And he's continued with that franchise, adding to it. The guy has... A big history, and you want to say, you want for the benefit of the doubt, you want to say, like, that's the intent of this movie is that, that we fall in the middle of this movie, and this movie is playing fourth or fifth dimensional chess with us. Now, we can sit down and be a cynic and trash this movie and claim that it's uh, awkward, it doesn't really make sense, and from scene to scene it's hard to follow and maybe we have too many characters all of these things that we can say that won't work but also with bigger efforts uh you know like we'll go to avengers infinity war that has a million characters and it works so a lot of these baseline criticisms you hear that that people throw against these movies uh it, it, critic wise it's it's hard to know exactly what they're saying because You know, if you you show me one movie that's awful because it has five writers, I'll I'll show you Casablanca, greatest movie of all time, with five writers. You guys get the point. And I feel like Midnight Falls right into that category where it will challenge us on our mood, on our feeling, on, on what we feel for the day. Where are we when we watch this movie? Are we in a horror mood? Are we in a comedy mood? Are we in a dark comedy mood? Are we into madness? And we just want to watch scenes. And that's a lot of how this movie plays off too. It just plays off as scenes. And I just want to say, it just seems like it's it's a, like, a, like a mosaic. And there's a charm to it and there's an honesty to it. John Russo is a name that was not on my radar until I saw this. And again, that's what the 31 Days of Dread are all about. We have not done Night of the Living Dead, which I realized. So, people, moving on, let's get to day seven. We're going to talk about, we're doing a, an 80s, you know, we're sticking with the 80s, but we're doing a little critter combo, meaning critters and munchies. You know, the gremlin movies, but no, they're not gremlins, critters and munchies. Are as good as the gremlins, and we're going to talk about both of them on days seven and eight. AKA Pad here, subscribe, support, leave a comment. Cheapest way to support me is to just give me a star, give me a thumbs up, let me know what you think. It's free, you can do it. And hit akapad.com and do some surfing and bookmark akapad.com. Thanks, guys.